Life begins at the moment of conception, but not only. Motherhood does too. St. Gerard Magella is the patron saint of mothers and unborn children. As a lay redemptorist, he was wrongly accused of fatherhood by a pregnant woman. He responded with silence, and she later recanted, clearing him. St. Gerard is also the patron saint of expectant mothers, falsely accused people, and the pro-life movement. Today is the solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mother, how St. Gerard must have loved Mary, who related to many things he was to be patron of. When Mary said yes to Archangel Gabriel, she immediately became an expectant mother. Given the circumstances, she would have been mistakenly accused of immorality, were it not for Joseph's dream and his obedience. And then, Mary went in haste to see Elizabeth. Why the hurry? Bible scholars say because she had discerned in the heavenly message a hidden relationship between Elizabeth's child and the son within her. From Origen, the most important theologian of the early Greek church, we read that the unborn Jesus hastened to sanctify the unborn John. Mary, as early as then, was so attuned to Jesus. Bishop Robert Barron adds that she hastened because she had found her role in the theodrama, the story that God himself writes and directs, which is to bring Jesus to everyone. What wonderful explanations! Speaking of the theodrama, Everyone has a role in it, even the unborn. Today, 25 countries, including the Philippines, prohibit abortion, while 57 have no restrictions whatsoever. The rest allow it for varying reasons, to save a woman's life, to preserve her health, even socio-economic grounds. The World Health Organization says that each year, there are up to 73 million induced abortions. I repeat, 73 million. The debate's central question seems to be, when does life begin? Well, John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb was alive enough to leap for joy in recognition of the Messiah. And younger even, Jesus in Mary's womb was alive enough to inspire her to go in haste through a four to five day walk of 80 miles to visit Elizabeth. Need I say more? When Jesus was born on that first Christmas, he was attended to by shepherds with their flocks, kings with their gifts, and angels with their praise. Mary's heart must have burst with happiness upon finally laying eyes on her son, who was the marriage of the human and the divine, to bring God to us, to be God with us. King as he was, Jesus was born without privilege. Mary and Joseph, following the prescriptions of their time, went to the temple to redeem their firstborn with a sacrifice. And because they were poor, 
it was humble turtle doves. Yet old Simeon and old Anna, like the unborn John the Baptist, recognized the infant Messiah. Mary, in all humility, mothered Jesus in trust, faith, and obedience to God. We see this so clearly when, twelve years later, Jesus asserted himself with a surprising, powerful answer to Mary's pain question. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Oh, how this must have pierced his mother's heart. And once again, she obeyed, recognizing that the theodrama moves forward as it must. Her fiat, indeed, is lifelong. Today, as the octave of Christmas closes, I end my six series Advent Reflections with a prayer to Mary, who loves Jesus most and whom Jesus loves most. O Mary, full of grace, you are truly blessed among all. On this day of your solemnity, as the Virgin Mother of the Lord, with you we praise Jesus, the fruit of your womb. You are the mother of us all. Through your life, you show us how to love and trust the Lord. You are our model for faith and obedience. Please help us to be more like you, that we may live our lives for Jesus, only Jesus, and that, like you, we may one day stand face to face with him. As ever, intercede for us before the throne of God, especially for the unborn, particularly those who have been and will be aborted. Mother of life, pray for us, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen.